so either there's there's two fears with how things could go with pharma in the future, right? I mean, one is that they bring something to market and then they charge an absurd amount of money for it. The other piece is that, you know, pharma will walk away. Hi there. Welcome to this Mind Ramp podcast interview with Jesse Wiley. I'm Michael C. Patterson, CEO of Mind Ramp Coaching and Consulting. The Mind Ramp podcast is a quest for qualongevity. We are interested in anything that gives us insight into how we can live long and live well. That is, longevity plus quality of life. Qualongevity. Now, in this episode, we're going to talk about an initiative called Treat AD, T R E A T AD, which is a collaborative effort to reinvigorate the search for a drug that can treat, or better yet, prevent the onset of dementia. And we're very lucky to be able to talk with Jesse Wiley, who works on the project. Jesse is a senior scientist at Sage BioNetworks, working within the Alzheimer's Disease Translational Research Team. He obtained his PhD in molecular and cellular neurobiology and had a concurrent master's degree in bioinformatics, all at the University of Washington in Seattle. Jesse has a, a rather unusual history, playing numerous roles in both academia and industry, including running his own research lab at the University of Washington, working as a medical director in neurodegenerative brain imaging, starting his own biotech startup company, and now working at Sage BioNetworks. And all of it is focused upon different aspects of Alzheimer's disease therapeutic development. I got a chance to talk with Jesse on a Zoom meeting. Let me start with a little background. In 2019, the National Institute on Aging, which is part of the National Institutes of Health, funded two new research centers. One center is called AMP, A-D, A-M-P, A-D, which stands for Accelerated Medicines Partnership, Alzheimer's Disease, and the other is called TREAT, A-D, which stands for Target Enablement to Accelerate Therapy Development for Alzheimer's Disease. NIH Director Francis S. Collins explained that, quote, through these centers, NIH will expand the use of open science and open source principles to de-risk novel drug targets with the goal of facilitating the development of new treatments for Alzheimer's, end quote. Now, I want to talk about the open source and open science aspect of TREAT-AD, but first, I want to focus on the goal of stimulating new approaches to the problem. Treat AD is led by Laura Mangraviti of Sage BioNetworks and Alan Levy of Emory University. In the Sage press release about Treat AD, Levy was quoted saying, quote, Given the widespread aging of the U.S. baby boomer population and current unsuccessful treatment approaches focused on amyloid and select other therapeutic targets, this substantial investment by NIA answers a critical and time-sensitive need for a diverse portfolio of well-characterized new therapeutic and diagnostic targets for Alzheimer's disease. So in a sense, TREAT-AD is an effort to pull away from the focus on amyloid that has so dominated Alzheimer's research and to open up other avenues of exploration that might prove more successful. So I asked Jesse to, to talk about this aspect of the project. 
it's problematic that we have so much of the research that's going on in Alzheimer's really targeted towards, towards the amyloid hypothesis. You look at the clinical trials that have gone on over the last you know, decade and gamma secretase inhibitors, beta secretase inhibitors, antibodies targeting clearance of amyloid. So much of the thrust of the money that has been put into it from the pharmaceutical perspective, it has really been targeted towards the amyloid hypothesis. I, I will just say as a healthy skepticism about the accuracy <laughs> of the amyloid hypothesis. And that's really one of the things that went into the promotion, the development of treat AD, right? Is to try and figure out, okay, if we back away from this perspective, this kind of locked in perspective that the amyloid hypothesis is really adequate to explain Alzheimer's disease. And we try this in a different route. Let's try this from this perspective of looking at large data sets that are specific to disease and trying to find out where the data takes us. Let's follow, let's be good scientists and follow the data. And let's not have any suppositions about what we think is driving disease. And, you know, let's not have any areas that we're steering clear of or towards. Let's take a really objective look at what the data is saying in and of itself. And that's really the, that's really the core driving force behind treat AD. And in addition to that, to promote the capacities of scientists to investigate some of these lesser understood or less investigated areas by going and developing resources with them, for them. As I mentioned, Jesse works for Sage BioNetworks, which is a nonprofit health research organization. It was founded in Seattle in 2009. Sage's mission is to speed the translation of science to medicine using open practices that increase the reliability of scientific claims. So they support, according to their mission statement, responsible data sharing, objective evaluation of methods and results across researchers, and the empowerment of participants to be active partners in research. So the idea of open source science is another intriguing aspect of the Treat AD project. One of the things that SAGE does in general is tries to promote scientific community through open science. Right. So take data sets that might be really hard to get to and make them available to researchers. And that that can that can sting. Right. There can be some reticence to do that because for from people sharing their data. Now, all of a sudden, everybody's got access to something that you've worked very hard to discover. <laughs> right. And since your whole bread and butter of your operation is based on grants, sharing all of your data that might house information that might be your next paper or your next grant can be there can be some reticence to do that so you know one of the things that sage does is really tries to build community around the data to facilitate the sharing facilitate the sharing in a good way facilitate the best kind of analysis of that data so that the data is clean and can be compared to other data sets so that the contributing scientists may be sharing their data but they're also gaining access to other data sets that are then analyzed in a very similar manner so that they actually benefit from that. And also, and I think this is really important, and you can see this in 
the new movements in funding coming out of NIH to try and create communities through consortia. So the TREAT AD consortium is one, right? Try and band scientists together in a community, fund them as a community to do community science. And you, you know, AMP AD is another one, Accelerating Medicines Project in Alzheimer's Disease. We're also part of that. And so there's a, there's a number of different consortia like this that are coming online that I think really is sort of provide a counterpoint to the potential risk of sharing your data, right? Because they, that's, <clears throat> sharing your data then becomes sort of the buy-in step to becoming part of these consortia that can also be really good for the science you do and science in general. So, you know, it's there are some there's some tricks, there are some difficult parts with the paradigms between funding scientific research and optimizing data sharing. And you know those aren't all completely worked out, but we're trying to sit at the so Sage is trying to sit at the center point of how do we how do we make this happen as congruently as possible to stimulate scientific community. And I think that's that's one thing I want to emphasize because I think that's a really really exciting piece of Treat AD. I asked Jesse about his role in the Treat AD project. In my job specifically is to try and harness what the hypotheses are that are coming out of the data set that we may want to investigate. You know, that's the hypothesis generation is right in my job title. Yeah. So, you know, to a certain degree, that's, you know, that's me and my and the group that I work with at Sage. Who ultimately produces the drug that comes out of this? Is there any direct line to that? I mean, one of my thoughts as I'm going through this is it's great, but are the taxpayers funding all of the basic research that we're going to give to some big pharma company that's going to make a gazillion dollars and not make it available to everybody? Yeah, um, that's a, a more complicated question than you think. But let me start with the easy parts. So so one of the things that I find incredibly exciting about Treat AD is that we're we've gathered basically all of the tools uh, that you would have as a large pharma enterprise in terms of drug investigation and drug development, not the clinical trials piece, that's a whole another kit and caboodle. But the, in terms of the drug investigation, drug development investigation, so we have the bioinformatics group that I'm a part of, and we have the assay core, which develops you know, the, the various biological assays to try and interrogate um, the different drug candidates. We have the UNC group and their medicinal chemistry group that is making the small molecules. So the, the, the easy answer to your question is those are being made at UNC and through their medicinal chemistry department. We have Oxford developing the structures and, and validating structures for the proteins that we're looking at to make sure that the 3D structure is, is appropriate. We also have NMR folks at the University of Arizona that are confirming that. So there's a, there's a lot of players involved, but they really span kind of the classic drug development efforts that you would expect. Now, the last part of your question is the one that's harder to answer because the goal is really to try and develop therapeutics that that de-risk investigation across the board. And so when I say de-risk investigation, I mean, if you're a pharmaceutical company, and, and I know there's no sympathy for pharmaceutical companies anywhere, <laughs> but I, I will just say, you know, if you're a pharmaceutical company looking at running a clinical trial, 
you know, that's a $6 billion endeavor in Alzheimer's disease, right? And maybe growing. Yeah, fabulously uh, expensive. Yeah. Fabulously expensive. And, and so, and it has like a 99% failure rate, right? right. So you look, at, you, you look at the fact that you've got $6 billion as your ante up to sit at that table and, and almost always you lose, that's a you know that's that's a challenging undertaking to entice people to get into, and the concern is that uh, there's going to be less and less investigation in that space by academia or by pharma industry just because the failure rate's so high. So that's one aspect of de-risking it. Then is to try and hand targets to whoever wants to pick it up: small biotechs, pharma, academic groups. Maybe the academic groups will keep pushing it through. You know there are academically. Um, usually partnered with industry, but there are academically sponsored clinical trials going on, and that can be done. And that may be a space that you know that NIH needs to take more of a role in. It already is, but you know that maybe they may need to up their game a little bit in that capacity. But the goal of Treat AD then is that we're developing knowledge and tools that people can take and de-risk it a little bit. So if you want to go in a new direction, we can say, hey, look, we've looked at these cytogenes. This one seems to be involved in, you know, it goes up in Alzheimer's disease. It seems to be tethered to these core biological processes that we know are involved in disease. And we know that if you knock it down, you know, this, this seems to change various different things in our model system. So we also have induced pluripotent stem cell groups that are looking both at neurons and microglia. Uh, we have mouse modeling that's going on that is that, co that can take the, the therapeutics that are developed and bring those into mouse models, or we can do studies in the knockouts of the mice and see if the knockouts actually have a phenotype that would be consistent with being ameliorative in AD. So you, know, it, you can put all of that stuff together, right? And then at the end, you may have enticement for pharmaceutical companies to come in and go, okay, all right, this looks interesting. This has absolutely nothing to do with anything that we've ever investigated before. But you know, given the data that you've got and the fact that it's not restricted by classical intellectual property agreements, we're willing to jump in there. Now, the flip side of that is, you know, and I and, and it's unclear whether or not there may be some kind of like I think the, the wild card in all of this, right, is we don't know how far we're going to get. And are we going to get are we going to get small molecules that kind of work but aren't great coming out of this as a tool that no one is going to use as a drug that a pharmaceutical company would have to pick up and optimize and optimize and optimize and optimize before they had something that was functional? In which case, you know, at that point, it's you know we don't have and we wouldn't have any intellectual property in it anyway, right? If it's a situation where we develop a prototype drug and it's perfect and, <laughs> and right. It's just, it's great across the board, low toxicity. It has high penetrance, really good bioavailability. Then I think that, you know, uh, we would probably, and, and all that was going to happen is it was going to be licensed directly to a pharma company to start clinical trials. Then the discussion has been that there would be some agreement about, you know, what the ultimate pricing would be once it went, made it to market. And once we if we hand it over, and I don't, we don't know what that's all going to look like yet. That part hasn't been really worked out, and it's a little it's a little spooky, you know. Well, like I said, we'll we'll see we'll see where that goes. You know, that our our goal is really to shed some light down dark tunnels that people have been reticent to go down or haven't been tooled up to go down, don't even know exist, and yeah. 
and try and see if we can get some some leveraging points in the disease that might give us some broader approaches to take than what we've been doing right now. So I'm I'm hearing a couple of things, and actually it's captured by one of the uh, sentences from the uh, I think the Sage press release. The objectives are to improve, diversify, and re- reinvigorate the Alzheimer's disease development pipeline. So part of what I'm hearing is that uh, because it's so difficult, because there's been so much, so little actually to show for all of the money that's been spent, people are backing away from research. So is it fair to say that part of the uh, the reason that TreatAD is, is doing this is to try to keep people invested or make it easier for people to continue to do the research? Yes. Yeah. And, you know, and I think very overtly, the goal is to you know, try and de-risk the valley of death that exists between you know, initial observation and getting it to clinical trials, right? And getting it out yeah. of clinical trials. And so if we can de-risk that a little bit and say, hey, look, we found five different paths that haven't been investigated before. They look really promising. And we've got antibodies for you to study it in. You've got cell lines that you can use to screen it. We've got data from iPS cells and mouse models that you can refer to. And we have lead therapeutics that you can take in and run with and that we're not going to tie your hands on that that will hopefully reinvigorate the field. So, you know, there's, there's two fears with how things could go with pharma in the future, right? I mean, one is that they bring something to market and then they charge an absurd amount of money for it, which, you know, we're about to see what happens with in near future. The other piece is that, you know, pharma will walk away. They'll find other things that they think are more fruitful to investigate and they'll do their cost benefit analysis and they'll be like, yeah, this is not, this is not looking good. Seems to be Uh, where we are right now, isn't it? I mean, drug companies are kind of backing away from Alzheimer's research, aren't they? Yes. Well, yes and no. I mean, I think that a lot of the companies that really have a strong neuroemphasis are still developing therapeutics and trying to figure out how to move forward in the AD space. I think that part of the problem is, though, you know, the amyloid hypothesis has been so dominant. And as drug after drug falls on its face... Uh, that it becomes really unclear, like, okay, well, where do we go? You know, we thought we were sitting on the best drug for the mechanism and it patently just didn't work. So, you know, what direction do we take this? And, and I think that's, that's really, you know, why treat AD exists is to shed some light and stimulate some creativity. Right. And, and it takes, and that's why we're a huge group. It takes a lot of people. We're really trying to do this right. in a way. And it's and it's the best of the best. I have amazing colleagues. I am like honored to be part of this. Mm. These are really good folks, top of the game that are doing this, that are incredibly well connected too. So I think that the results that come out of this consortium are going to have a lot of credibility. And we're also working with the other consortia. So we also, we do, there's a lot of crosstalk between um, Treat AD and AMP AD that are really also working in a very similar vein to try and look at new therapeutic approaches, new biological hypotheses that could drive really novel Alzheimer's research. So yeah, ab- absolutely. And I think, and I think that's a really exciting place to be. I don't, you know, how does that, how does that roll out? We don't know. This is a new, this is a new thing that we're doing, right? I mean, this yeah. is a new approach and it's, almost as much of an experiment to see if you can get academic scientists to behave in kind of a, you know, therapeutic development pipeline manner as as it is, 
you know, large consortia are hard, right? And, yeah. and when, when people talk about trying to organize scientists, everyone comes back to it's like herding cats. <laughs> um, because everybody has a really healthy ego and they have yeah. very strong opinions and they, and, you know, and it's not, it's not easy to get everybody to just get in their lane and swim in their lane. Right. And, and, and it's not necessarily what you want them to do. So it's, you know, I think that there's a, there's a social experiment aspect to this as well that I think is fascinating. And so far it's really encouraging. It's really exciting. I mean, there are problems we have had issues, but the issues that we're, you know, we're working them through as a group, right? Yeah. Out, out in the light of day. And I think that's the right way to do it. No, I mean, I think that, you know, I think that the Treat AD Consortium and SAGE is really trying to promote open science and a community approach to developing data-driven hypotheses in AD. And I think that this is, you know, I think this is a great turn of events because I think that this is really going to allow us to reframe how we think about certain disease processes hopefully in a creative way that will lead to new approaches and i think i think it's exciting i mean i, yeah. I dropped out of pharma because i wanted to be a part of this and you know i like i, I was thinking this time. must be incredibly exciting for you and incredibly fulfilling oh, yeah. giving your background oh, yeah. this is like you get I'm to like play a kid in a candy store. I was going to say um, a kid in a candy store. I am exactly. absolutely like a kid in a candy store. No, I can't. I'm. I'm just like. I'm. I'm I can't believe that I have this job. It's so wonderful. <laughs> That's great. If you want to learn more about Treat AD, just do a search on the letters T R E A T dash A D. And you'll find connections to both Sage Bio Networks and the National Institutes of Health. I find this initiative very encouraging for a couple of reasons. For one, it represents a move to explore research avenues other than the amyloid hypothesis, avenues that hopefully will prove more effective. And second, the Treat AD initiative is promoting open source science and the, the sharing of information. Making research data available to everyone will accelerate our general understanding of how the brain works, what causes its decline, and how to prevent or slow down that process of decline. In the next podcast, I continue my conversation with Jesse. He talks about innovative techniques the Treat AD team is using to analyze big sets of data to come up with new targets for drug development. Jesse and his team, for example, have identified a small set of genetic domains that are highly correlated with the development of dementia. For example, problems with the energy-producing organelles in each cell, the, the mitochondria, seems to be highly correlated with, with the onset of dementia. This suggests an interesting research path to follow. Could a new drug be developed to keep mitochondria from malfunctioning? Can researchers figure out how to keep mitochondria from getting messed up in the first place? So this discussion led us to the role of behavior and lifestyle choices and how we could reduce the prevalence of dementia if we simply took better care of ourselves by eating better food, doing more exercise, getting more sleep, and so on. It was an interesting conversation. All right. Well, thanks for listening, and thanks for your interest in promoting brain health. Take care of yourself so that you can live long and live well.